search. Each man different, living his own way, searching, discovering numero uno. Are you ready, Okotis? Yep. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 71 of the Broken by Concept podcast, the best League of Legends solo queue educational podcast in the world. Coming at you today with some world's action, sort of. We oh, got yeah. a tweet to break down. Oh, yep. Um, East versus West. Eastern philosophy versus Western philosophy. We talked a little bit about that in Sun Tzu with our BBC book club. We did. If anyone wants to join our Broken by Concept book club, there's a link in the, yep. the description below. Sun Tzu. We, that was a good one, actually. That was good. And we got the VODs that you can come back and watch them, you know? Like, even if we, like, pass the book... You can like read it yourself and then look at the discussion with the community. That was probably one of the books that people had the most mixed reviews in it. Yeah. I mean, some people really liked it. Some people didn't click, but then after the discussion, they really liked it. Yeah, that was interesting. Bit of a spicy one, that one. So uh, there we go. That's a nice little plug Flip for that. Flip channel still. Flip rock and channel, rolling. Yep. All right, so the League of Legends World Championship, East versus West. It's such a cool rivalry these days, you know? It used to be like, I guess in like traditional sports, it's sort of like country versus country. You know, it's like Australia versus England in yep. like the... Cricket. Cricket and stuff yep. like that and all that. And then in esports it's like East versus West. Well, I would say it's even more that more so China versus Korea. China versus Korea is there. Yeah, well then cause like cause like cause the East is so theoretically far ahead mm. that like it becomes the the China versus Korea, East v East, you know? Yeah. It's like the next thing. Alright, so this is by a man named Clement Chu. I don't even know what he does these days, to no. be honest. No idea. This is a good, a great tweet, dude. Yep. It popped off viral. It popped up on your feed and then you linked it to me, I yeah, think. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Um, So the tweet is, with so much talk, the gap between the East versus West this year, I'd like to share some of the common terminology in Chinese from coaching and casting that I found conceptually useful. Language can definitely help you think. So he has a thread and then he has a couple. Right, so so gonna... this is a guy who works in LPL yeah. some way, shape, or form. Yeah. So he speaks the uh... speaks Mandarin. Yep. So that's and he shared. Awesome. So basically, he he went ahead and shared with us Western without with us Western plebs. Is that yeah, you Western us? plebs? How they I guess language they use in reference to league into league, like little like little tip picks. So the yeah. first one here is, for example, a, a reactive pick. Um, refers to a player or position having a pick after seeing the opponent's pick. It's a broader concept than counter pick, which often assumed to be lane encounters. You can round out a comp something that isn't countered. Right. So an example of say like a reactive pick would be you're not really picking for your lane. You're picking for the comp holistically. So for example, um, like you know, we've seen a lot of Poppy at Worlds, right? Poppy is like an interesting one. Poppy is not really a count. You wouldn't. We'll say we talk. Let's talk, let's talk about top Poppy, even though it's not played at Worlds. Mm. But say your last five five P in the draft. You might even pick Poppy into something top that doesn't really win lane, kind of goes even, but it's like... A good good against the comp their comp overall, Overall yeah. is good. Yeah. I'm assuming that's what he means, right? Yeah. Yeah, for example, let's say if I am in a game, right, and I... Let's say a really bad matchup for me in the jungle is Jarvan would be like uh, Graves, right? Okay. But I'm against a bunch of like immobile mages like... Uh, like let's say it's like a Zyra brand bot lane or like a Seraphine Sona bot lane and Ori mid, yeah. you know, it's like regardless of what the doesn't matter, is, it doesn't even matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like because like at the end of the day, fights and stuff. It's like I'm gonna be able to do my job better than Graves can do his. Yeah. You know, I just have to play the game a certain way. So I think that's what that means. But yep. 
I mean, draft. To be honest, that's probably the worst one we could pick because yeah. that's that's pretty useless. That's useless for the average solo queue player, you know. Like we say, don't think about the. Don't pick. care about that. Mastery, <laughs> so I do apologize, guys. I hope no one stopped the podcast there because oh, no. like Nathan, reactive pick, and they're like, and they're like, <laughs> they like go off like that's what that's the only thing I took from this podcast <laughs> before we got to like it's just not that useful and like they're in solo queue like a reactive pick, reactive. Oh pick. no, champ mastery, guys. Okay, focus on your pool. This is that's a competitive term, you know. All right, here we go. Turn, uh, as in turn to establish vision. Usually there is an ebb and flow with teams grouping, split pushing, and vision being placed in different parts of the map. Having the concept of turns allows teams to calculate how many terms and where vision should be. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty straightforward. That's yeah. in the West as well. That's in the, yeah, we use yep. that as well, turn. Like the chess turn analogy, it's like, yep. you know, I, the support their places, turn, our turn. the support places all their wards. Then they have to reset, yep. and then the enemy clears all the wards, and then That's they place their theirs. Turn. Yep, yeah, just back and forth. Back and forth. Uh, we got one numb used to describe situations where there is simply too much crowd control on the opponent's side, making a champion pick feel numb, considering adding more divers or shift drafts. So, th- this was an interesting one. I did like this one. So, numb, the word numb. So, one thing I want to caveat this entire thing with is that. Language and specifically analogies are great for allowing someone to understand a concept to a deeper level or even adopt a certain mindset during the game during like a helps. specific yeah. moment. Yeah. And I and I love language and, I, and and this is what I feel as though when I, when we were looking at Sun Tzu, they and something I learned about the the Chinese language and and, and Mandarin and stuff is that. They have a much more in-depth, colorful language. They can describe things with... One a, word means a lot more, like one symbol or whatever. Well, they can say a lot with not many words. Or yeah. well, they can... they can. The, the, the analogy I use was that it kind of feels like the English language uh, is... It's kind of like three-dimensional, whereas Mandarin is like four-dimensional. It's like... There's like another layer. There's like another sense to their their language. And... When you have another sense, or okay, for example, let's use the the analogy of food. Imagine if you didn't know what spice was. Like you'd never, like your entire life, you had never had spice. And then you traveled to India and then you had your first dish with a hint of spice. You would think, imagine if no one told you the word spice, that was spicy. Like you wouldn't really know how to describe that feeling because it would be a sense that you wouldn't really... Spice doesn't mean anything. Yeah, you wouldn't really know how to describe that. It was just another, it's like another dimension. And then once you get familiar with... So the Eastern way of saying spice like means... No, I'm not really more? taking it like literally. I'm just yeah. saying from a, from a human, like your mouth and your tongue, like if you hadn't had spicy food before and then randomly you went to India and had your first spicy dish, it's like, it's not just a different flavor. It's a different sense. Like it's a different feeling in your mouth that you had never experienced before. Let's say you were brought up in an orphanage. You had porridge for the whole entire life. You yeah. never had anything spicy. <laughs> you, you see what I'm getting at or not? You're no, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. <laughs> people you're gonna help in the me chat out. right now. Come on, No, Curtis. I think you have to help me. I bet you okay. there's a lot of people that are thinking my way. Okay. Let's, let's, let's so go. what I'm... Okay, so the main point I'm trying to get across, Nathan, is I need that, a better example here. Okay, another example. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's say um, I'm I'm trying to describe the the feeling of um 
eating a chili. Okay, so we're back on the <laughs> Yeah, we're going back to food. So food, I think, is the perfect example. Okay, and if yeah. you've never had spicy yeah. food before. If I've never had so spicy food. So imagine if you'd grown up and you'd had basic, like, yeah. meat and veg. Yeah. Zero spice. Yeah. Um, not even from pepper. Like, you've had no spice. No okay. sense. That, that feeling hasn't been in your, in your mouth before. Yeah, but you've heard of the word. Yeah, let's just even say you've heard of the of word, right? Yeah, yeah, that's realistic. But, like, when you taste it, it's like you now know there's like a whole new world that you haven't explored before. It's like wow, that that the that's why a lot of people have chili for the first time. They hate it at the start, but as they build, they start to explore. It's like oh wow, that's actually really interesting. Like it adds a, it's another layer of complexity to a dish. Yeah. Hence why now even now like I'll add like chili flakes, like spaghetti bolognese or things like. It's just boring. It's bland without it, and so. Um, in Mandarin, in in their language, they have like an element of it's like another level of depth to explain things or an environment or a color they can they can add more depth okay another example let's say the color in in color let's say we have basic colors you would have like red to orange on a spectrum like for us like the way i envision it and this is a, i don't know if this is the case but like in the english language we might have like red and then like light red and then burgundy burg well, that's darker but like getting lighter to orange okay like i guess light red and then that's pinkish or something. Oh, that's what you get right yeah. and then it's like orange or something was but in the in, in mandarin there would be like there would be words to describe the subtle changes in color towards orange if that makes sense mind-blowing yeah so there'd be so you could describe things with more depth or more, in a more specific manner got it does that make sense yeah it does right so I we don't have those words so we actually don't have words yeah. to describe how what they're actually meaning so when we read sun Tzu, for example um they would have to really use weird like they would have there's many many it's hard to translate mandarin into english because we just don't have the vocabulary got it to input that yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, so, and what, that's why I found this tweet so interesting. So, so yeah. So, but I, because I asked you about the spice, right? Does the spice, there's different ways of saying spice? Well, is that I, what you're saying? the reason I said spice specifically is that because you, when you think of taste, you would think of like, you would think of first texture. So, there'd be like, like it tastes crunchy, crunchy or like, you know, soft. Yeah. Then you would think of like hot or cold. Mm. That's like another like variable. Then you would think of like maybe sweet or sweet or sour, right? So th these are all like variable or like ways to think about food, right? But spice is another one of those. It's another category. So they'll have like words it's for like another... eighty percent spice and sixty percent spice and forty. I'm assuming spice. so, yeah. But 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 just uh, you're forgetting that spice itself as like a subcategory. In, in it just it just imagine it like you've never had it before it's like another layer it's like it's like never having heard anything before we have taste we have sight we have smell and we can hear mm. imagine there's like another one of those okay it's like another sense okay like that's the way you that's why at least i perceive yeah the the another layer of complexity okay um or depth yeah so <laughs> this is like something someone explaining the third dimension to you. <laughs> the fourth dimension that someone explained the fourth dimension yeah um it's, so yeah that's what anyway that's why that's why i found these really interesting because we know that if you could describe something in another with another level of depth yeah. you can get across the concept way easier and so i like that one numb for example i mean that's an interesting usage of of the word to describe like how a katarina will feel into a heavy cc composition so 
usually what you'll hear, and I remember thinking back to Die Wolves, if, I, if we picked um, Syndra into a heavy dive composition, Get Back, I remember Get Back would say things, I just feel useless. Yeah. But that's not, there's no word to describe how he feels. He would feel pressured, I guess. Yeah. But that's, could be, that could feel pressured from, from so many different ways. Mm. Numb is a very specific form of feeling pressured, isn't like it? Like they're like... You do feel fr- suppressed. Yeah, suppressed in a way, I guess. But that would even feel vague. Imagine if a place that I feel suppressed. What the <laughs> fuck does that mean? You know. So, but like that. Notice how that is a very specific term to describe how you would be feeling, and it actually makes sense. Yeah. So imagine how a Syndra, and I felt this many times. How you, you feel like you're playing Oriana or a Syndra, and you just feel like you can't do anything. You feel pressured, but even pressured, it's still vague. You don't really know what that means. Pressure could mean like. You're pressured in that certain moment versus mm. overall. It's mm. like, let's say it's like the positioning of the team versus I'm pressured because their enemy team. Or do you feel pressured because they have too much burst? Do you feel pressured because they have too much CC? Do you have feel pre- why, why do you feel pressured specifically? But numb, the word numb, that is specific to the the situations where the opponent feels like they they you know there's too much CC they can't move. I, I like that. I just feel like they feel very. Yeah, they can't do anything. I think that's a really that's a perfect example of like another layer, right? Um, continuing on, you want me to keep reading them, Curtis? Well, we can go through the key ones. I mean, we don't have to go through. I think we can. Here. How many are there? Holy shit, there's a lot. There's a lot. I think we go through the ones that like I think are relevant. to Okay, uh, you like the? Uh, I like the kitchen. The kitchen knife. The kitchen comp. knife comp. This one is purely for flavor. Describes full physical. Slash short range comps that act crazy because they need to win early. Kitchen knife is a frenzied, desperate weapon which makes it so fit in. I love that. That's like, such a beautiful kitchen knife comp. Yeah. Like that's such it's a like cool... this kitchen just you like trying to. Well, what champs when it would spring to mind when you think of that? Um, Samira. Yeah, I think of Renekton. I think of Renekton. Renekton. I think of like even Gwen in a weird way. Gwen. Like they're just low range, low engage. Like they just got to get ahead, and if they're not strong, like they just don't do much. Um, what are some others? Like low utility, more like damage. So the mindset is when you're playing as a kitchen knife comp, um, you need to play more crazy. You want fights, yeah, you crazy. Want fights. You want fights, yeah, like a yeah. kitchen knife, yeah. What well, says a knife is frenzied, a desperate weapon, which makes which makes it so fitting. And if you were to say, oh, guys, we've ever seen a kitchen knife comp. Yeah, that would, that would, that would get you in a mindset. It's like, okay, this is what I can expect. They, they wouldn't want to fight all the time. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Like, that's their strength. That's a good question. Um, I like the... What else do we have here? I like the pitched battle one here. Pitched battle? Team fight scenario where both teams have time to set up, form ranks, and anticipate enemy approaches. Mm. objective fight sieges are usually such and comps are better or worse or uh, pitched battles yeah pitched battles so that's sort of like saying like, like they have more setup. Yeah. yeah more setup. like Elise is really good yeah in like with a in a pitched battle but situation. I was also thinking more like okay they're all on vision we're all on vision yeah so I was thinking more champs like Zoe and like um, like poke champs yeah zone control poke champs like Zoe because then you're not afraid of getting engaged on yeah and you know where they are and think yeah so that would be like a that's what I. That's the way I perceive this Got one. It. Um, yeah. Interestingly enough, um, I think there's a there's a word that I would love to have in to describe this, Nathan. Let's break this down. And and, and this this kind of stemmed from me watching a few games at Wells, but I think this is very prevalent in solo queue. 
Okay, so this is a bit off, off topic here, but something I feel. So one of my favorite tools in solo queue to determine like kind of like, the, I guess the meta or if something is strong or weak is if it's annoying to verse, right? Remember we said that if something is annoying to verse, it's probably pretty strong. It's probably strong. Mm. Like it's, it's probably underrated. Mm. A common example. I remember when, when um, there was, for example, I'm like, you would think, oh, um, what's a common one? Um, Elise. Like Elise is like annoying to verse for certain players or like, okay, what's a better Rengar. I'll say right now, <laughs> Kiana Jungle. Okay. Because she's anno- annoying in the sense that that W thing. Okay, no, better example, Yumi. Oh, Yumi yeah, is okay. annoying. Yeah. And, and what happened? Yumi's being like first picked at Worlds. Yeah, yeah. Yumi was annoying in yeah. solo queue. Yeah. And it's annoying to beat. It's yeah. just annoying. Yeah. Right? And when something is annoying, you can't usually ignore that. And now it's like first picked at Worlds. Like annoying like, champs will eventually become meta. Yeah, annoying champs will either be so annoying that you have to either pick them or have a direct counter answer to them. Yeah. Sometimes annoying can be in the sense that they force you to buy... I hate gems that force you to buy heal card. Or like uh, Skana ult with yeah. QSS. Skana ult. Even Twist of Fate is annoying for a lot of people. Like Malzahar is annoying. Yeah. Malzahar yeah. is bloody annoying. Yeah. Nocturne ult is annoying. Mm. Nocturne ult is very annoying. And Nocturne I find to be an incredibly good solo queue pick. Yeah. So anyway, my point being, um, something I've found to be a very underrated champion is Wukong. Wukong in my solo queue, whenever there's a Wukong, I'm just scared. Like, Wukong is so annoying to verse. Even when you play mages? Yeah, because he just does so much damage, and, like, fights are too chaotic, and he can he can just do too much in a skirmish. Like, you can go, you know, decoy, invisibility, no, AoE knockups, a lot of damage, survivability. I think Wukong's kit's really good, I mean... The kit is just annoying, but that's it's good, and it was picked in worlds, and, and, and I found that to be an interesting, like... The feeling that he gives me, I don't have a word to describe it though. It's like I'm in a river fight, prepping for dragon, and I know they're there. And it's like if there's a Wukong there, there's a feeling, I guess I feel threatened, but I know he can't kill me, but he will chunk me really hard and he'll probably burn my flash. And he'll draw and he'll people create space. in. He'll draw people in, create space. They get knocked space. up as well. And, and what I've noticed at Worlds is that these champions have dominated the meta. Champions that can create space. Kennen creates a metric ton of space in fights. Wukong creates a metric ton of space in fights. There are these champions that, that are getting picked. Yumi and like, like there's these champions that just like, you got to respect and they're, they're annoying. And what, and, and, and I hate this. The reason I brought this up is because I don't like using the word annoying and annoying is like a, it's like input basic word mm. to describe my inadequacy to describe the situation. <laughs> That's that's how I feel. I feel limited by my yeah. vocabulary to yeah. describe how I feel, and because yeah. I you want to be able to say and say a certain type of annoying. Yeah, I want to be able to say exactly the word that is is giving me that feeling. An Eastern language provide will provide that. Yeah, an Eastern language. Yeah, that's my main point. Is that Eastern language gives you the ability to pinpoint how what type of annoying because what Yumi how annoying Yumi is is very different to how annoying Nocturne is, which is how, very different to how annoying. Wukong is, which is annoying. It's very different to how Kiana, in a way. They're all annoying in differing ways, but it's not intuitive in the Western language to mm. be able to pinpoint mm. what that feels like. Mm. And to get across feeling, and I think this ties, you know, from, flows on from our book book club discussion that we had with Sun Tzu, is that um, 
Sun Tzu describes how situations can bring about a certain feeling. And I feel like the East are much more in touch with their feelings and their emotions. logical. Yeah, we're very logical. Like, I always think of, like, logical, like, German engineering or something, you know? I think of, like... like the Silicon Valley, like, yeah. tech companies and... I think of, like, logical this, logic... But then there's, like, a, there's like an element of, I guess... It's not not spiritual. It's just, like, they're not spiritual, I'd say. They're just more in touch with how they feel. They're... What's our version of monks? What's the Western version of being a monk, Curtis? Like a priest? A priest. <laughs> they don't have the best rap, though, do they? <laughs> What do you reckon? They get a bit more controversial than monks as, as yeah, people. No we don't really, we have, don't really have one because you're right. And and it's interesting because Dr. K, right? Dr. K is big on Eastern philosophy, philosophy isn't yeah. he? Like he, he, or at least from psych, psychiatric or psychological, he takes inspiration from the his Indian Hinduism, Hinduism right? right? He, yeah. takes, he takes a lot of learnings from like the Buddhas and stuff like that. For good reason, because they are more in touch with their emotions mm. and a lot of mental health is directly correlated with, you know, you're in, being in touch with your emotions and yourself. So, um, yeah, so I was trying to give you a whole diff- a whole range of different examples, tying all the way back from that Get Back example, playing Sindra into a Zach or Jarvan, you know, saying I feel pressured or I feel annoyed or I feel like I can't do anything. I just very... Ugly. It's ugly. Brute. brute it's like I feel like a. I wonder if like a Neanderthal trying to explain the, 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 how do I feel here. You the know? moment you mention that, I think of Twitch chat, right? I, I wonder. Wait, does someone's going to tell me? Is there like a pog version of like of that in Eastern? Right, like, like pog certain emotes. Pog so emotes, the emote culture is that like a thing? Interesting. It could be the case. It could be like emotes do. I mean, they are. Emotes are more yeah, than... Yeah, emotes... But that's the emote himself. But remember, we turn our emotes into words. They're words, basically. Well, they're aren't words, they? right. Like you know? people and people, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they do the same in Easter or they just post the emoji. Because posting the emoji would make more sense, but we turn them into words. Is that a thing? I don't know. Maybe I'm just overthinking this. I, I'm very ignorant in this sort of topic from your, your understanding, Curtis. I mean, language is something that, you know, I think there's a whole... I mean, you could go down that rabbit hole. Again, we're, 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 we're not really that educated when it comes to language. <laughs> but I'm assuming you're right. Maybe there is. Uh, in the West, we use, you know, these weird terms to describe situations. I mean, that's it's a similar thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like the pisslows and the yeah. <laughs> and the peepos and the pog champs. I mean, they're technically getting across an emotion or a feeling, that's isn't right. it? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I th- Sag, like the classic Sag. Yeah. Like, oh, like, what is I genuinely, I still to this day don't know what Sag <laughs> no, means. No like, like, if you put a gun to my head, I couldn't tell you what Sag means. <laughs> like, when I remember when I tuned into like Ellis's stream, he's yeah. just Sag 24 Sag. What is, can someone please educate me what Sag means? Yeah. I genuinely don't know. No. Um, I'm a bit of a, we're boomers over here, Nathan. We are. But anyway, I just thought that's an interesting one, you know? And, and maybe, maybe we need to take the time to, you know, write down, create. Maybe we can create the next terminology. I'll tell you one really good one that, um, that one of my Soul2 clients, who was it? Was it Seth, I think? I think it was Seth. He, he came up with one called the fly trap. Have you heard of it? No. Basically, that's when the jungler is camping that bush in between the lanes so they can't walk to the tower uh, behind. Which, where are we talking on the map? So, like, let's say for top lane. Yep. Oh, the Krugs. Yeah, the Krugs. Near the Krugs, yeah. Oh, and, they ca- and then you pick them on the way yeah, back on the to the way. tower. Yeah, on the way. We call the fly trap. Okay. Is that a cool one? It's cool, I guess, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean that you could. Yeah, as long as it makes sense, I guess it makes sense because they they're gonna go there. Yeah, and you just yeah, it makes sense. It's a fly trap. It's a good one. And it's actually. a trap. It's a trap, and, and they're like, and they're like a fly because they're so vulnerable, you know. And they have to go there. I mean, yeah. that's where they're gonna go. I yeah. mean, they're lured to that yeah. location to get their farm. Yeah, set up a fly trap. I mean, that's what competitive teams have to do. You remember we came up with like code words for things? We tried to do that in Diables back in the day. can't remember what some of them meant though. But we did. I know Jono definitely tried to do that with Diables. Yeah, well, we, we had some good ones. We did have some good ones. I remember, the, the, I remember one we used a lot, which was just slow. And we knew what slow meant. Remember when Sherm would say slow or like things like that? Yeah, there was... The, and... and and I remember there was like severities. It was like something on, on a, on like a scale of how severe the situation was. Because I remember Chippy's default response was to say everything was like a game losing play, yeah. and then it lost meaning. <laughs> yeah. And Jono used to use the analogy of the gr- the boy who cried wolf. Yeah, that's right. Because Chippy's would say every death was like the game was over, yeah. but that just wasn't the case. And oh. then as a result, Sherman would just ignore top because every time he said that, it was just an annoying. Yeah, him. yeah. It's like I need to know when I really do need to come. Like, cause when you, when someone says my lane, my lane's fucked, that can mean many different That's things. Right. When you say my lane's fucked, does that mean I, the game is like, I literally can't lane. I'm going to die. Does it mean I, the way like, frozen like I can, temporarily? I, I'm going to lose yeah. 12 creeps. Like, yeah. what does it mean? Yeah. Like, cause these are all very different scenarios. Does it mean, can I, can I farm from a distance and like get XP, but I can't get farm. Like I actually can't last it. These are all, it's good. It's very important information to know because it's going to dictate your team's next move. Language it has a massive effect. We're not utilizing enough. We don't utilize it enough. Don't I don't it. use it a lot enough in my coaching. I mean, we use it analogies occasionally. Yeah, but I mean, you want to have like a nice little thing. It's like how good would it be? It's like you have a list and just like you know, like literally as Clement's done here, and just even if you could get clients to 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 describe on a scale of like how severe they feel, like what I would love, you know, Nathan, do you feel like this sometimes in your coaching sessions? you don't know how how much they've tried to fix the problem. Like sometimes I would love to know, um, like people say, I, I, I'll ask them. So like, you know, how stuck are you? Got it. You know, and like, I would love to know on a, on a scale of like kind of one to 10, like in terms of words, like how stuck do they really believe they are? Do they think this is just like, a small little thing that they, they could probably figure out with time or do, are they are they like literally in the mud like just they, no idea no idea and i would yeah. love and i think that is very important for us to know mm. from a coaching I perspective agree. you know things like that i mean i think there are applications in game and out of game that could you know help so were there any others from this list that you wanted to highlight well again a lot of the ones that i that we say as well like uh being First to the punch, beat, beat, them, beat, to the yeah, punch. beat them to the punch. I love that they one. They have won the first strike. The, the ability for a team to start a fight on their terms, a broad assessment based on range, engage, tools, map. Um, well, he says, I like this term a lot because in comparison, they have engaged doesn't really mean anything most of the time. Mm. Yeah, I like that. What would be a situation that would apply to that? Um, well, just because... Well, just because they have engaged, it, I'm assuming it also, look, he says it depends on like the range, engaged tools, map mobility, map control. Like, so like a Malphite with R versus a Malphite with flash R yeah, yeah. is two different things. Yeah. And depending on they have engaged, but into the comp, like the enemy might just have a lot of disengage and um, they have all sums and they have Zonyas and stuff like that. And yeah. stuff. 
So it really depends. So you would want to like a term that like we have engaged, but we can't actually. We can't launch fight our own like right. Or we we have we have tools, but we need to wait like until they misposition or use a gap closer or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is it? This one was interesting. Battlefield separation. Team fight tactic of wedging yourself between the enemy front line and the back line. You eat their carries while their tanks tickle you. Commonly used against teams heading towards barons and dragons from the banana brush and blue ramp. Team fight tactic of wedging yourself between the enemy front line and the back line. So it's like splitting. It's like it's like splitting the fight, isn't it? I'm pretty sure that's what it means. So what role would what type of champs would be wedging themselves as Commonly the used against teams heading towards Oh, so so I'm assuming so what that means, so imagine when you got like a team, they're coming that like so one team's baiting Baron, for example, and then um and then you kinda have and then they're they're coming from like the banana brush or like let's say the blue ramp. And then you kinda come in from the side and you split the team and you have like say like a like a Talia wall come through the middle. And then, then their tanks are separated from their backline. And then you can just get straight onto their backline or things like that. Or what are some other terms I can do that? Or even maybe you have like a... a uh, What else? My mind goes to tanks for some reason. Jarvan. And Jarvan can kind of go over and like separate the fight with Cataclysm and get into the backline. Yeah. Like I'm assuming what it means is like when the team... You can split the fight because they're, 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 they're coming in through a choke point. So rather than just playing the front to back team fight, you you want to like separate the you want to get onto their back line essentially. Is that zoning? It's kind of like splitting the fight, zoning. Yeah, because I would like use the term as like I'm like zoning their their mm. back line, or like I'm um I'm wasting their time or yeah, something. wasting their time or something. Like I'm buying time, mm. you know. But regardless, so I think the biggest takeaway here, and what I mean, why I wanted to talk about this was less about the Chinese specifics here. It was more about the word like having words for these yeah, terms like, I like, think it's more like the layer of the terms like we have like all these terms like tempo like tempo like what does that actually mean has anyone actually got a definition for tempo? i defined it i did define you it defined it on my video okay but i don't remember the definition like we we should have terms with extra layers like the kitchen well, i describe one. tempo through an analogy nowadays yeah like with the formula one formula analogy. one yeah the pit stop the pit analogy. stop yeah, I, like that's good. how i do it i stole that from you by the way it's fine that from you, yeah but but i think um the we need to think more about how we could use language to our advantage when bringing about a mindset or capturing a mindset. Maybe even this. Imagine, you know, when you think about um, those those blocks or those solo queue blocks where you're really feeling it. Mm-hmm. Like you can even think, like sometimes analogies to help can help you capture a, a moment or how you felt. And you can just describe how you felt in this moment with an analogy. Even that can help either recreate it or give a bit of insight into the coaching, the coach that you're working with to, to help replicate that. Cause sometimes we don't know how you feel. I mean, like you can try to describe how you feel, but analogies and trying to be a little bit more specific and granular about your, your language can help. I mean, there's many applications and I just think the East do it much better than the West. Just an interesting line of thought. Our language is just inferior, obviously. But I'm sure there's ways around it though. There's always a solution, right? That's an exciting challenge. Yeah. It's a good challenge. It's an exciting challenge. Let's uh, let's up our language game. Um, so moving on. Moving on. Where do you want to go? Blizzard I want to I want to talk about critical thinking. Critical right? thinking, Curtis. What is critical thinking? How would you define critical thinking? Critical thinking is thinking about 
the everything about something. Like, it's really bad. <laughs> the positives, the negatives, the it's like taking hold. Taking hold. Remember taking everything hold from Sun Tzu. Sun Tzu, yeah. Taking hold. It's 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 encapsulating all the variables at play. At play. Yeah. You're looking the at biggest, it from every angle. The most interesting one that I always took from Sun Tzu was the emphasis on the psychology of putting yourself in their shoes. Right. So physical violence being not just about how much damage you're inflicting physically. Mentally. But mentally before the engagement, during the engagement, after the engagement. Mm. That and, and taking into account how the psychological effect will help will aid will influence other people around that the environment within that, how it will alter their behaviors. There is, there's many, many factors taking hold essentially, right? You're looking at every variable in that given specific moment. And the reason I wanted to bring up critical thinking, Nathan, I'm literally going to define on Google right now, define critical thinking. All right, Google, come on, give us something good here. Here we go. This, this is about the objective analysis and evaluation of an issue in order to form a judgment. Okay. I mean, that's a much more intelligent way of framing it, I guess. And this is why I've got the internet, Curtis. And then there's an example where professors often find it difficult to encourage critical thinking among their students. Does that sound relevant to us, Curtis? It does sound relevant. Well, I would say to everyone, not just our students, just the world, and my, ourselves included. Ourselves included, Nathan. Um, I don't think we are, by any means, amazing critical thinkers. No. Um, so where this all started, look, I found myself, Nathan, you know, I've been a bit, sh- I've been in a bad mood recently, right? I can't, I can't sometimes come to Nathan and I get shitty quickly. I, don't know, I, get, I sometimes get in shitty moods. Like as, as we always said, there's two like, you know, Curtis is the negative Nancy and I'm like the over-optimistic, you know. We balance each other out. Yeah, that's right. That's, so, that's just the, the feel. But sometimes it gets extreme on Curtis. It does get extreme. <laughs> well, no, well, sometimes I just, you know, this is not, it's not really to do, this is not really in reference to the, my coaching clients. It's not even really to do with that. It's more relation to just the, the league community. The way league is at right now as a whole. And it's, this is, you know, league, what do you call it? League culture, I guess. Yeah. And, um, I mean, here's my positive optimistic spin, okay. I guess. Okay. It's very young. Everyone's young. Everyone's trying yep. to figure things out. Yep. You know, people, as we talked about, you know, people play games for many different reasons. Um, uh, the way I always think about it is like, think about, um, all the different type of people that is attracted to League of Legends, you know, the casual games are super connected people like clashing, but like, if you think about it, like, let's say if you sign up to like a karate class, something like that, you sort of like know what you're getting yourself into. It's like, you, you know, it's like, you know, you're going to work pretty like people that are like pretty disciplined, you know, people that want to like learn that sort of thing. And then you would have like another level. It's like, okay, well, you're, you're joining just like an average karate class versus I'm getting to teach it from the best karate instructor. Like there'll be a certain level of like expectation. You know what I mean? But there's no expectation going into league. That's like okay. the different. And that's why I think the communities, I mean, I guess it's probably like- It's the, hard to lump some of the community, isn't it? Yeah. It's very difficult to put, you can't put everyone- so on, many, so, so many, so many people. You know? Yeah, I totally agree. But like, like, you know, it's like there's other groups. It's like, this is like the cycling group, you know? It's like, this is that group. Like, yeah, obviously there's different people going into that group and there's probably, but I feel like there's just so much more into the league. Like, like it's just so big. It's so it's big, massive. Yeah. And, Look, then, and then you like subsection it. It's like, again, then it's like, okay, well, the people for us, it's like, well, 
like all our communities is about really learning and um, like the most interesting thing is like people that come, like I don't have rules on my Discord server for Soul 2. Like, like we have, we've had had some, like maybe like four people like I've had to like ban over like the last literally like year or so that just didn't get it. But isn't that interesting? Mm. Because we're, we've they attracted. Just get it. You, you attract, we attract a certain type yeah, of person. Yeah. That like d- takes responsibility well, that as would a watch the game. BBC. Not everyone would watch this podcast. That's right. No. Not everyone is going to like your content or my content yeah. or our coaching programs. We attract a certain, yeah, you're spot on. We attract a certain type of person. So when you say I'm angry with the league community in general, Oh, I'm not. I didn't say that. I said I'm. I'm angry. I'm just like angry. what section? Yeah, I'm not angry what? at anyone. Okay. I'm angry, just just from from things I've seen. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't pinpoint. I don't have anger directed at anyone. I'm just. I get frustrated. Okay. And I would say my frustration stems from a lack of. But look, this critical thinking I think is prevalent everywhere in every part, including our communities and ourselves. Okay, I would say this is across the board. And this is not even league specific. This is in every every industry, I would say, to differing degrees. So, um Okay, let's 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 start with this. Um in a way, I want to and this is something I want to push more in my Midland Academy and even in my YouTube, is I want people to question me. Hmm. I want people to ask me really dumb questions. I want people to ask me things that, that if they're confused, if something doesn't make sense, I want someone to say, Curtis, I still don't get it. Why? What do you mean by this specifically? What do you mean by this? Call me out. What do you, what do you mean, Curtis? And, and, and so what I'm getting at, Nathan, is that our opinions, we just have one perspective. What works for us? We, we have a, a pretty good, I would say a pretty well-rounded perspective given how many coaching our sessions experience. we've done and our experiences with coaching. But again, we don't have all the answers and no. we're still learning, right? But in order to get better at what we do, one of the reasons how we get better is by doing a lot of coaching sessions and calibrating and being like, okay, this works, this doesn't work, this gets results, this doesn't the, get results. This is these type of clients, this is these type of clients. Yep, I mean, exactly. Then differently. And in order to come to these conclusions, you've got to have a pretty open mind. I mean, you've got to be okay with being wrong. I mean, I've, I've, had to, I've, I've literally gone back on so many things I've said in the past with champ pools and, and things like that. I've had to go back on my work because I was just wrong. And that's okay. I mean, I'm, we're going to be wrong. I'm going to be wrong on many, many things as I get better as a coach and refine my, my theories. Um, and so critical thinking, where does this come into play? I feel as though, and I found myself guilty of this when I when I listen to someone say something confidently on YouTube. Yeah, let's just say it's a Joe Rogan podcast, mm. some even some expert in a given field. Just because someone is an expert, it doesn't mean they know it. It's they. It doesn't mean that what they say. It doesn't mean that they know everything about that that given thing. I mean, you can obviously say with a higher probability that they do know it, but they can still be wrong. And it's like, it's like knowing that they could still be wrong is like, it, it's powerful. You've got to it, have it, that. It's sort of like, okay, so maybe I guess it's sort of, let's say they're right 90% of the time, yep. right? Yep. 
But you you need to critically think how they got there. How do they get to that conclusion? How Versus do they get just to taking there? it from the go- from the as gospel. Exactly because yeah. like that that thought process needs to happen. Because the reason critical thinking is so important, Nathan, is because our clients we're not helping them. In, we don't want to help them in that just in that no, game. That doesn't make. Doesn't, we need pointless. to set them up with the toolkit to be able to improve when we are not there. Correct. Right. Yeah. Learn from vods themselves. Learn yep. from reviews themselves. Yes. To critically think about the way the game works fundamentally. And um, I want to give you an example, okay? So this morning I had a client and he said to me, Curtis, I, you know, he, he went all the way to, we worked with him from goal four all the way to goal one. Just slow, beautiful mm-hmm. fundamentals, mm-hmm. slowly mm-hmm. climb to goal one. Mm-hmm. Did a session this morning, he's in goal four. And I said, what, what's going on, man? Why are you in goal four? And he, yeah, I just dropped from goal one to goal four, right? And so we got into it. And we what's, we had to figure out what's going on. Dandelion here. And, and Dandelion, and, and I noticed that he said, and I said, well, what are the trans men? He's a smart dude. He's a great guy. He watches the BBC. And I yeah. said, what's going on? Watching BBC means you're a good, good person. <laughs> Directly <laughs> correlated. You're a smart guy. If you want to drink my concept, you're a smart dude. You're a smart guy. Congratulations. Everyone watching right now. Give me a round of applause. You're intelligent. <laughs> And, um, and he said, I've been dying a lot, Curtis. Like, I've been dying to ganks. Yeah. And, um, and so we look at a play where he's, he's playing Victor into Galio, and he's like, he's like tunneling in on like hitting this Galio, and he doesn't see the Jarvan cross over this ward. He gets collapsed on, and he died. Now, I said, I said to him, how did you review this out of interest? Like, what, when you went into this and you mm. looked at this mistake, mm. what did you, mm. what was your learning here? Mm. And he said, oh, you know, this is just like a, like a map awareness problem. Like I wasn't looking at my mini map. Like I wasn't registering that Javan walked over the ward. Now I said to him, yes, but that's actually not the key issue here. The key issue is that you've got to remember looking at the mini map and wards are only an extension of threat assessment. You only need to look at the mini map or ward because you think you can die to someone else. If the game was a 1v1, right? And there was no one else doing a 1v1, you wouldn't have a ward and you wouldn't have to look at the minimap, would you? Because all the information is in front of you. Now, what we get so caught up with is that we get so caught up with like a, like a, a, a tool, like a, like a jungle tracking or a, a ward or a, or a leaning or like a looking at the minimap. When you don't actually, when we don't actually understand why we are doing it in the first place. And I said to him, man, and I said, this is from my experience playing Victor, playing in Mobile Mages. I don't, this is why I don't teach looking at the minimap with a fucking alarm bell every 20 seconds because you, you, you're missing the point. I look at the minimap in directly co- dependent, directly dependent on how much threat I'm under that game. I will look at the minimap way, way more. If you're against a Blitzcrank vers- support versus Yumi support. If I'm versing, yeah, if I'm versing a Leona and a Jarvan jungle. Yeah. Right? So, warding and looking at the map should only be a natural extension of threat assessment. Mm. So, when you walk up here and hit this Galio, it's all- before Jarvan already shows the map, my mind is already ringing alarm bells and I feel scared because you're versing a Jarvan Galio with no flash and you're pushed up this far. For him, he's numb. And he viewed this as a map awareness problem. 
and, yeah, it's not a map. And it's, it's not a map when it's that, problem at all. That, that's the the same thing is um, I say in terms of um, people always ask me this question: How do I have good map awareness during a fight or like straight after a fight? And my answer is always: the Good map awareness actually starts before the fight, so you should have an idea where everyone is before the fight, and you fight mechanics max thinking, and then like you can quickly think, okay, well, who's here, who's not who was sort of like close before I assess and then you can know whether to like back off or walk a certain mm. side of the map. Mm. You know what I mean? So good map awareness happens because before and it's like you know why you're looking at it. And you're you're looking for certain pieces of information. Yeah. Like 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 for example, um like I always say like like look at three lanes. Like you ideally want to be getting as much information as possible, right? But at the end of the day it's not really realistic to know what's going on in three lanes always perfectly. But it's like Let's say it's like um, I'm walking towards top, like my early pathing, and I see like the wave might be just like too big. Like I, that's like one piece of information that I got. And it's like, okay, I know the enemy jungle's pathing towards there. I can't gank that or counter gank whatever. I'll just die. Like you could maybe protect the dive in some situations, but let's not worry about that. Let's just say, and then now you're thinking, okay, now you stop looking at top altogether because you already assessed what's going to happen in that lane. And now you're looking at bot and mid. Yes, you wouldn't need to look at top anymore. You don't anymore. look at look at top yes, anymore. it's not important in that moment. Because I'm also going to be going straight bot and I'm not going to be top at all for the next two minutes of the game anyway. There's no nothing I can do to impact top. Who cares about it? So notice so notice how these these are there's layers of complexity to certain concepts. And then League Yeah, map bonus just doesn't mean anything. It, ma- yeah, it doesn't, oh, does it? Like League is not a game where you can teach general concepts and no, climb. No. And this is my thing. And like League is not a game of black and white. And as humans, we are, we always want to package things up into a beautiful black and white statement when it's just never. And this ties back to the language problem as well. Everything's on a scale. Everything's on a, on a scale of 0 to 100 in terms of severity, in terms of intensity, or how much you want to weigh it. And, and I feel like understanding the underlying mindset or the underlying, like why I'm directing my attention in these specific areas is more important than the tool itself. But this ties directly to this game I'm in and on this champion. It's just dependent. My attention will be directed in many different areas according to my champion's identity and how my champion interacts in this game. Okay? So when someone tells you something in relation to the game, this is this is why I want people to call bullshit on what I'm telling them. Curtis, why are you telling me to ward and lean here? Great, great question. I should probably... And this is one thing I've... My kind of learning from that, that session this morning was, Curtis, I need to to really tie things back more to the why and really make sure that I'm on the same page with the client in terms of like why and how this is going to create certain things and why I'm directing my attention in certain areas. And I've been doing, I did a recent personal review, upload kind of personal reviews on top of my MLA where I, I walked through a game, that game where we played together, Casio into Nocturne and how every decision in my lane was everything was related to Nocturne. Because Nocturne imposes a metroton of threat onto yep. me as Cassio with no flash. Versus if it was a cane with yeah. no form. So everything will tie to mm. that game mm. specifically. Mm. Now, if I... this is And this is my biggest nitpick in terms of the league and why it all kind of ties back to the league community is that... And regardless of whether or not... Okay, let's... let's Regardless of how much someone wants to improve and the intelligence of said person and so on and so forth, regardless, there is not enough attention or not enough emphasis put on the details specific to X game. It's 
there is too many general overarching statements and people don't question it. Hmm. People aren't critical. It's of like, oh, that, that sounds pretty smart. I'm going to steal that. Yeah, that sounds yeah. smart. Yeah. That sounds really smart. The way they're saying the it. The way they're really saying it. And yeah. it's like, oh, that kind of makes sense. Like, but they don't really think of it in terms of pragmatism. They forget the practical element of the application of mm. said information. And so, you know, one thing that I've tried to do more, even when I learned to listen to podcasts is like, like, I don't, in a weird way, it sounds very, I guess, um, negative, but I just don't trust anyone. Like, I always want to really think things through Because you know myself. that there's some guy that's completely opposite of yeah, what him. every concept you learn yeah. in life... Yeah. This diet is the best. Do this exercise. Bigger is better. Make invest your money here. There's someone else saying the complete opposite and has and many getting, many reasons for yeah. it. In, in our book recently, the Nassim Taleb, he talks about how um, how if someone can't explain the opposite of what of of their statement, then then you should like be aware, be like beware them, like just be worried about them. So, for example, if someone says. Um, invest your money in X stock. If they can't also answer why you shouldn't invest your money in X stock, then that's a huge red flag. Someone also has to be able to say what the opposite and why you should what the what the negatives or potential things you need to be careful of of applying this knowledge are, and why would there be any other alternatives to doing this? Is this the only way, or is this the only way? And then if someone says that's the only way, then I would be ringing alarm bells like fuck, fuck me well everyone's different i mean that's that's a bit of a red flag here you know and, and, and so this whole lack of critical thinking it's flowing on to people's reviews in their games and then i look at it sometimes and then i'm like okay you know and this is what we we mean in a way by asking high quality questions if this would if okay if this statement were to be true if you tell me that um this champion is broken. Well, what else does that mean? Does this mean that... Everyone, everyone instantly gets rank one playing this yeah, champ? Yeah, does this mean that everyone gets rank one? Does it mean that, um, you know, people didn't know how to play that champion before? I mean, I don't know. I mean, to say a bold statement like this, it would have to mean so many other things at the same time in which that would lead to other findings. And like, it's never that simple. It's just never that simple. Nothing is ever black and white. And I think what I wanted to encourage and the point of my main point here is that I just want people to call bullshit on what we say as well. Like Curtis and Nathan, what do you mean by this? How can you back up your statement of this? And what part, what experiences have you, have you seen this in? And, and, you know, I want people to do that and, and call us out on it because that's going to make us better coaches. And then we can also know what's confusing you guys. And then, you know, you might be right. Maybe we're just wrong and that's okay. And and I think this is all stemmed from a fear of just being wrong as well. Like people aren't, they don't want to admit that they're wrong. It hurts the ego, man. And um, yeah. It hurts, man. And, and, and it's just really left me feeling, yeah, I guess aggravated. So you're frustrated that people don't critically think. Yes. Got it. And, 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 and it stemmed from and myself. And I'm frustrated at myself because I I lack critical thinking. Mm. And just because I either respect someone or like someone mm. in a podcast, I will blindly follow. That's right. And I hate that when I do that. I hate that my default response is mm. to blindly follow that person. And Nassim Taleb talks about in his book we're, recent, we're reading called Fooled by Randomness. He came from the business world. And the, he actually spoke about how, you know, the way someone says something, like their shoulders are back. You know, there's like actual physiological response, like things and the way humans respond that we will more likely like want to listen to that person. Mm. 
and he couldn't stand it because judgments or decisions weren't being made on the merit of their argument. It were made on how confidently they said things. And it really got me ringing alarm bells. I'm like, fuck me, that this is prevalent a lot in the league community. And this is something that I want to raise awareness to. I'm not saying calling names here, saying anything. I'm just raising it as a potential issue. Would you say that the most fun sessions that you have are not you telling everyone what that person what to do? It's like there's a back and forth, and they will they will question question. Is there a difference between an argument? Because sometimes I get angry because I have to like argue something. Because there's sometimes there's something annoying. It's like I think it's more like. Invisible narratives. That's invisible narratives, then, right? Stuff that I have to break is, down. So, 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 like, like they, they, what's an example? Do you have an example? They of can't this? get my point because the invisible narrative is blocking, and I can see it clearly. So then you have to you have to break down their invisible narrative before first, we can talk about the situation. That. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, I know. Oh, what like, what's an example? Um, well, okay. So I know, I know some common ones of that one, Nathan. Yeah, I would say champion mental blocks against specific champions. So like, I I know ones where like you. I get into a discussion about, um, is the, okay, common one is like when they're versing Katarina and then like, or a Zed or something. And then I can clearly pinpoint, oh, here you, you did this and now you're chunked and like, because of this and, you know, they can roam. But then, but then like their default response is to not really take responsibility for that mistake because they're overemphasizing the strengths of that champion. Got it. So first we've got to like really identify the fact that you've got a mental block versus champ. Yeah. And this is like why. Then we can get to like how to like deal with the champ. Like we we can't talk about how to deal with the champ until we've identified that like why you've got a mental block with the champ. Yeah, I mean that's just one off the top of my head. Yeah, so I would say the most common one again is like my champion is bad into this champion, so I can never fight or whatever. Yeah, the never, the general, yeah, the, the, the very, what we would call them. We call them uh, absolutes. absolutes. The absolute statements. You want to avoid the absolute statements. The- I never do this. I never get blue. That one, oh shit, yeah. What the, do they the, say? I, they I, I just never get blue. My jungles never give me blue. And then I look at their vod, and they the blues up the jungles on the, and they just just do nothing. They just <laughs> say mid. They don't walk to it. They don't ask for it. They do nothing. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I said, I guarantee, That's if you annoying. walk over it and ping it, yeah, and and want, the, they and will give it. What happened was the argument. Then they'll be like, you'll be like, they're not gonna give it because in this game, in this game, this they happened, didn't. This but that's like one percent. <laughs> yeah. It's like. 90% yeah, of the time yeah. they will yeah. there's that one time they won't yeah. or the other one my team always gets caught every time I go in the side lane there you go and people are allergic to side lane because yeah. they say I just can't ever side lane yeah. but you just got to get more granular get more yeah because like, like sometimes you might need to come and help your team yeah. because they have a heavy engage but if you're against no engage the percentage of side this lane is working just is just critical good. thinking at the end of the day isn't yeah. it it's just like really understanding what's going on here what is going on here I mean, this is a skill set that you're going to have to develop regardless of your industry or whatever the hell you do. You're going to create a habit of being a critical thinker. Why does this work? Why does it not work? What do I, if this were to be true, what else does that mean? Yeah. And again, it might, a lot of it might be right. Like, yeah, that I, hang on, Nathan, we've got to say this quickly. Oh, no. Okay, this is the last thing. Oh, when, no. And, and you see this all the time with the get rich quick schemes, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, guys, we have this passive income generating thing that's going to generate you $2,000 a month. You know, why the fuck would this guy be selling that in the first place if he had this, he had this, he solved the market? That's right, yeah. Why does he need to why sell Why does he need you? to sell a product if he's got the market on, he knows how to work, or like, if he has all this money? Why yeah. does he have to sell an NFT, you know, and teach you how to how to build an NFT if he could do that and make millions of dollars? It just, like, if you really just break it down, 
It doesn't make any sense. No, yeah, that's critically thinking about. Just you're, you're questioning the motive of that person selling motives. that. Yeah. If you were so good at getting to, if you know how to get to challenger, why are you still five seasons diamond, dude? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's give, what? Give me what's going on? You just don't have the hands. Like you don't have the micro. What's going on here, man? Yeah. It's too hard. Yeah. Well, how am I gonna do it? Yeah. You got to question it, dude. You got to question it. Hopefully something's ticking, something's going over, something's going on here. What was my point before you sorry, interrupted me? I had, to, I had to call bullshit there. What's what's what was my point? I'm so sorry. What Nathan. were we getting at, dude? I think it was actually a good point. Now, oh, I, ruined, I just ruined the podcast. It's, I don't think it's going to come back to me. Oh. I, I it's, you know, it's so like we're talking about. Um, you know, so we'll go, what was the flight? We're going from um, critical thinking. No, it was something to do with the specific league situation. Oh, the champion mental blocks, the side laning, the not knowing how to split push, went to group, went to split, um, not getting blue buffs, um, champion blocks. It's completely. Oh, God damn. You know, sometimes it's like on the cusp. This is just it's it's gone. Oh. Like, like, like part of me feels like this is what it feels like to have dementia or something. <laughs> like, it's just not. It's gone. It's completely it's gone. gone. It's gone. Like, it's not even. I'd spare to go. It's not even going to come back. Yeah. The next yeah. Of the podcast. Um. But yeah, I mean, look, I'm, and I, 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 I'm first to admit, I'm not a master of it. And it's something I'm still trying to develop. And I just want to be super clear. You know, I'm trying to get better at this. And this is what I want. And I want to do it. And then, so then people working with me can also, it's like a back and forth. I'm critically asking them good quality questions. They're asking me good quality questions. And then we both grow together. Here's a critical thing that I've done of my Mm -hmm. coaching recently. I guess, I don't know if this is critical thinking or criticizing or this is a question I had, right? Is my focus... Because obviously we're sort of known for like ending reviews early and like, mm. you know, because it influences the game. Mm. Is my review style, my coaching style, em- I emphasize so much like playing like high percentage and safe to get yourself a lead that's getting them leads that they no longer have to like play mechanically well because they're so far ahead that it actually will cap them out because they're, they're not playing situations that are, they need to like, make a difference in terms of the fighting. Yeah, this is an incredibly complex scenario. What do you yeah, think? I, know, I know exactly what you because, mean. Yeah. Because, oh. so th- this is my, this is, this is happening in my gameplay, right? Oh no. Because I'm learning like Java and Elise and stuff like that, right? There's some games where like a hundred, like, you know, I, I do my coaching cre- and I know it works because yep. I do it and like yep. perfect flawless game, yep. like, no mistakes, right? But then I'm thinking, you know, but then I'm like in these games, like I'm still ahead. I still like fuck up the fight, but I'm so far ahead. It doesn't matter. Right. Cause mm. I've done all the fundamentals. That's sort what's of mm. stuff. Perfect. Mm. And then I'm thinking, wait. And then like the games that like are close, I'm like losing low skirmishes because I don't have a big enough lead that I rely on. I and rely on having a And you don't have the skirmishing to ability do that. To win the games that are close. Okay. Like I'm really reliant. If you look at my games, I mean, people call me in solo. I'm a coin flip. They're just I'm just coin flip because I'm either going to play. Hey, you play the most disciplined way, but you're still coin flip, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. It's isn't very it? interesting. Okay, I want to before we go on from this, I want to use an analogy. So just so we're on the same page, just so I get what you mean. Yeah. So in a way, because we you've coached in a particular way, so I'm gonna I'm gonna view this the analogy of like new technology. Yeah. So you've you've created Facebook here. Yeah. And this idea, it's like it could, it's like revolutionizing the way we we connect with the world now, right? Yeah. So then the more you interact with this like new technology, Facebook, you're using it, you're using it, you're using it. 
you're no, you're now going into uncharted territory whereby we don't know the there's side like other effects. Problems. There's other problems. Yeah. Like you're solving one, one problem, problem, but yeah. then there's other problems created because you've gone down this like new route. Mm. So with Facebook, it's like, well, now there's like social anxiety. People don't know how to interact anymore. There's like targeted ads. It's like all this crap, all these other problems that you've got to deal with as a result of- They popped up years later. Popped up years later as a result of mm. getting immediate results another way. Mm. Is that what- Are we on the same page? Is that yep, exactly that's what exactly you mean? right, yeah. Okay, so I think I've actually- Ran into this with Milk Puddle, Zed Player, and we worked with him to like really bring him back consistent early games in gold. Like he's just dominating his opponent, and then mm. he heads into every mid game being six and zero. Mm. But then he can't end the game being six and zero because you're so fed. You're gonna give a shutdown at some point, so you're actually making the game harder for yourself because he's so he's so reliable so with his early ahead. lane. He's yeah. so good his early lane, and we've owned him on his early lane. Yeah. So like you actually made the game. Versus being closer, he doesn't have but that. If he's not shutdown. that good, he doesn't have that big shutdown, and then he can still kind of make like mistakes s- in the mid game, scrap away that fire, and it would be okay. Yeah. So I'm actually making the climb harder <laughs> for him by making his landing really and good and teaching great fundamentals, that sort of stuff. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's a it's a weird way of climbing league. I mean, this is unheard of. Like you don't back in the day. Yeah, because if, like if you think about it, the, like because then I was thinking, what's the general journey for a player? They're making all these mistakes, and they're but they're they're but, compensating by. Learning another skill. Yeah, or like they, they're able to like pull through like winning the game through like a fire, certain fire. But you're creating a specific game state as well, aren't you, by playing the way you play? That's very favorable, yeah. But it's not always possible. Well, I've, I have seen... I, I know exactly what you mean. I would, I've given another, another example for this. Sometimes, and this is actually kind of the way I've evolved my coaching, okay? Um, and this is something you might want to experiment with. It's, it could be interesting. So... Mm-hmm. In, in, in mid and jungle, the way we teach, we teach fundamentals, right? We teach like concepts or certain things. Like like a beautiful game or beautiful game of that champion, like, like a challenger bring... level stuff. Also, right? so, okay, let's actually take a step back again. Mm. Let's go back to why I believe high, being high elo is so important for being a good coach, okay? Yeah. Start with there. Okay. League is a game. Uh, the reason why we, we've had, I think, pretty decent success with coaching is because all we've done is we've gone into solo queue and known and, and drawn off our past experience what works for us and then distilled all of the things that have worked for us, broken it down into fundamentals in a way. So rather than like looking at like some challenger player and trying like just to exactly copy, we're like, we've actually gone from like one whole piece and like pulled it apart into five pieces. So like you build up all these five Lego pieces and then you create this. But that's what we've done, right? I mean, in a way, we've actually looked at our own gameplay and then broken it down, like reverse engineered how we got to that. How do you get that gameplay, right? Yep. So then you can isolate specific areas and you can build upon the skill set in a much more regimented way, essentially, right? Now, what I've noticed is that... Um, in a way that we can explain it as and that, well. In a way that we can explain because it. Because it's very difficult to... Exp- we found when we first started coaching that... You can't just explain... It was very hard to, to explain what was going on. And yeah, you can't. If you, don't, if you can't break it down into concepts, it's brutal because you're just looking at something that doesn't make sense. Yeah. So in order to t- bridge that gap, we've had to break it down, right? But then what you do when we teach is that you teach the concepts and then you build it up to what it was. You, so what, you, what we're actually doing is we're tearing it down, getting these like tools, let's call them tools. Let's say yeah. five tools. And then now you've got, to, you've got to put all these tools together again to create the whole. 
That's basically what we're doing, That's right? what we're doing, yeah. So... Some are easier than others. Like, again, I always bring it back to my Erlef guide, which is my most popular video on my Soul yep. 2 channel. That was a, that wasn't even, I would say... That was like a step-by-step program to, like, give you a good game state that you can win the game. Right. I don't know if, if the... You said it was, like, a... The five parts. Mm. Like, that's, like, five equal parts. I'm thinking, like, one, step one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, same that, thing. That's a pretty unique that thing. Is. Was that unique? unique that's a unique game plan, I would yeah, say. Yeah, because you can do it every game. Yeah, but let's, let's, let's think more holistically about, like, like a mid... Like mid and jungle fundamentals in okay, a way yeah. that, like, so that, that, that apply that, to no matter every champ. They're like adaptable. You can like you adapt them. In yeah, the you adapt them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. You wouldn't apply them blindly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you got these five tools, right? But what I've noticed is that, like, for some people, they they understand intuitively how these tools work together to create a complete, like a like a a, a coherent narrative. Like they get. How like the warding and the leaning and the CSing and it all just fits and it works in this situation to create this output. Like you got all the inputs, boom, 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 I get an output. But then there's people that don't and and, and, and that's my fault, right? I'd, I'd probably haven't explained it for them. Like I haven't figured out an analogy to explain it for them. But then they've got all, they, they, they kind of work on all these skills, but it doesn't get them results because they're, they're looking at the game to... Literally, like as like I apply X tool here, Y tool here, yeah. And then I always struggle with those. That's like the rigid mindset. The rigid mindset. I struggle that with like the really like the programmers, the, the people that do programming, because that yeah. that mindset is type it output right input output input, input yeah. output and, and and so what I'm getting at here Nathan and the way I frame this in my mind is this. So this this is gonna sound so ridiculous. Mm. Let's imagine that you've got five differing color Lego blocks. Okay, imagine it, and and imagine that these 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 Lego blocks are now lying on the floor in front of you, right next to each other, and they're different color. You've got a red block, a blue block, they're all the same size, different colors though: red, blue, yellow, green, whatever. Now these all represent each of those individual tools. Okay, those fundamentals. If you were to simply kind of try and stack them on top of each other, you get like a very bland looking thing that doesn't make any sense. But the way I view league and our coaching is that you've got these five, I imagine like I'm in Harry Potter world or some shit. And there's like this magical like dust floating around and they, these all like float up into the air. And then they like, they, they, you need this extra like create, like, I don't even know how to like the snake oil. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> like you could like kill the snake and get its blood into like a, <laughs> I mean, it's like a quest or something. You know, well, you need some then, like extra little. It's like a potion. We well, need a glue. I, I, to, think, like, I think a potion's better. Yeah, yeah, a potion. Better? I guess, but but I'm I'm viewing specifically these Lego blocks. You need something to join them all together to glue them together. Yeah, there's another like Got mystical it. element there that yeah. is combining it all together to co- complete a com- uh, coherent narrative. And until you've got that. I understand how it all joins together. You won't get any results. And I think what's happened, Nathan, you know, tying it back to your initial problem is that, you know, you're, you're viewing the game very literally. It's very logical. Very yeah. logical. But you haven't tied it to like reference points and you haven't tied it to like the, the specific situations enough. And I think you've thought about it too logically, and I've made this mistake as well with people as got well, it. and it's yeah. and it's got them into a hole. Yeah. 
And so this is why now I push that whole point of like, this is why we're doing it. And this is how we're going to use these tools. Like the map awareness thing. It's not about how many times you look at the map. It's about this. That's an extension of threat assessment, you know, understanding why that's occurring. And then like how this all ties into a beautiful piece, you know? So, um, and I think the only way to get out of this is that you really got to, you got to understand why, like, what are you trying to create? Like, why, what game state are you trying to create? What are you trying to do by doing all this shit? Like, when you play your games, Nathan, you're playing this Jarvan, you're playing what you call perfectly, whatever Perfect League of Legends is. There's no such thing as Perfect League of Legends. That's just, like, your interpretation of how to win the game with that champion. Like, you, that's the first thing you got to wrestle with. Hmm. Like, that's just your... I, I don't think there is just one way to play Jarvan in, like, that game state. That'd just be one, Right. I mean, M4A1, the player in Oris, breaks that narrative every single time. There's mm. many ways to win a game of League of Legends mm. that isn't step-by-step beautiful League of Legends, is there? So what I'm getting at, Nathan, is that like you got to realize that this is just one way and be very clear about like why that's what you're trying to do. And then I feel as though the skirmishing and all these other elements will kind of fall naturally into place. They should. What I'm afraid of is that they're not going to. Because again, I emphasize that Oh, again, not perfect, but like... Okay, so so to reframe it then a different way, then you've got... Okay, stepping back from all this crap, then it's like, okay, your way of playing literally doesn't incru- improve upon a specific skill or very, very rarely. So everything else rises and you've got this on one little skill set. That's, that's not... That's yeah. not... So I imagine like a... Like a I imagine like a, like a skill tree in WoW or some shit mm. and you've got like all these skill trees... And like they're all leveling up as you grow, but you've ignored this one. And this one's yeah, just like there and yeah. it's, you've only got like one or two abilities. There, well, there. there is some clients that I have... Well, that's what I found with Philip, that really gold, like rigid, he's the programmer guy, right? He's like my best example, right? Mm. And um, <laughs> there's literally a meme, right? In our Discord, because we have like the practice dojo, right? And we like stream, like you tune to Philip's stream, seven and oh, every game. Mm. Like perfect part. Here's like challenger level, just perfect. So start. where? So what goes wrong? Execution. Literally, I'm not even emphasize. I'm not even exaggerating. It's pure execution. Some fight, bam, you know, dies once here. So you're saying that if he would have not play the way you were, right, and be more messy. And well, like- that, that's the thing. It's yeah. I mean, it's hard because he's doing like it's great, perfect stuff. So then the question you should ask then is, was this even avoidable anyway? Like, was he going to struggle with this regardless of your program or not? Yeah, I would say he struggled. Like, he probably was, by the sounds of things, like, he was probably going to struggle with that or cross that. Like, the way I view it in many ways, like, they were going to cross this bridge at some point anyway. The problem might look a little bit exacerbated now, but it's, you're probably going to have this problem regardless. And we are working on it. He's getting results. He's, like, almost platinum now. So, I mean, I mean, that's just the problem of the league, right? You can't isolate things. Yeah, you can't isolate things. It's just because, because then it's like, I'm reviewing, like, a skirmish, and then I'm like, and it's like you know it was end of review like five minutes ago it's like well you're just not in a good like let's say you're you're eve and you have eva and you have like no items dude and you're like going for a fight Mm. you just don't have the damage to be effective in this fight well you have to learn how to play the fight from behind or uh, is that something to focus on so i think nathan then like i think and and this is what i kind of said to milpa it was like simply understanding why he's in that situation what he's struggling struggling with is sometimes enough you know, sometimes all a client needs is to know why they're losing 
like as long as I know why, even if it's shit, it's like that's true. Then it's, like, it's, it's okay. It's part of the process. It's, it's like yeah, yeah. It's like, Philip's fine with it. We're having yeah. we're all having fun. We're all great. It's like he's like, just like, focusing that's what on I feel. And with milk, it was the same thing. It's like well, that's a good problem to have. Yeah, you know, I would much rather that problem than like a whole mumble jumble of like 17 problems <laughs> yeah it's true it's you know true. so either way yeah. i mean it's, a yeah, problem. it's like when people went first joined soul too it's like the first thing is the jungle tracking they just don't do it and it's like okay well that's just an interview this is the step one and it's like yeah i mean that's you gotta that's 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 a good session in my eyes am i wrong in saying that like yeah am i gonna go over 17 mistakes like that's actually step one yeah I'm, I'm, i mean i had one this morning same thing new guy to, to mla and he just didn't know how to cs properly yeah it's like regardless of what's happening you just got to cs we've got to identify why you're missing cs it's because okay. he's auto into not thinking about which one's getting targeted and auto attacking too much yeah let's just address this first yeah and then move on from there um but i think yeah i think nathan you might be just be over exaggerating the issue potentially, like with milk, potentially, it's like yeah. with milk puddle it's like well you know screw it it's like i mean that's a good problem to have i would rather have that problem than and we can address that you're just going to be climbing way faster than everyone else anyway yeah, and I guess like now it's like, well, this is where the question came from because in my gameplay, I'm just mix executing just basic stuff, right? Um, I mean, it's still a good problem to have, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a good problem to have. Yeah, I mean, I'm still very confident. Like, would you rather, you know, have unreliable early games with like maybe a little bit better skirmishing because you're in more skirmishes or would you rather, yeah. you know, getting great force early games and then maybe missing it once and losing the game? Like, I would rather the second. Yeah, you're right. Because you, because then at least you understand the context of the, the problem, yeah. and and then at least it'd be a reliable problem, right? It's like I'm assuming your problem would basically be the same every time. It's literally the same every time. I'd barely even review my games recently because I literally know, you just know exactly, exactly. Yeah. Can you can you get specific and tell me here? I would love to just do a bit of a uh, psychoanalysis. Here, so. I mean, it's hard without seeing the games in front of us. I know, but just like a problem. You remember one problem? Let's say one mistake that lost you a game. Um. Is it a skirmish related one? Are they all skirmish related or are they like more dives or what What are they? One situation was I, oh, well, I simply like I ganked mid. Yeah. Um, level three, you know, they do good old blue. It's like you do blue grunt wolves yep. and you know, I, they, you hate I that I game. don't die that one anymore. You I don't die that, that one. one. Yeah, yep. that's, a, that's an infamous one. It's very common. Well, when and did then, that come about, by the way? Is that like a new thing? Like, I mean... It's like a month old, right? No, it's... Because I swear no one used to do that, at least in O's. Yeah, I'd say now it's more general. Like the last two months, it's I'd like, say it's been all season, even last season really? as well, yeah. Okay. Um, anyway. So I did that and then I'm against a rumble jungle... And then... Um, so what are you playing? I'm playing Elise, okay. Rumble Jungle. And then he kills me on my red buff because he knew where I was going. And in my mind, I was like, he should... He, he would just commit to the full clear because he's playing Rumble. Okay. You know, he's probably got two points Q. He doesn't have his E yet. You know what I mean? Like, I thought the percentage chance of him going there, like, I had time to get the buff. And then he kills me and all my bot sides up insta GG. Okay. Right? Because I'm, I'm Elise. I've just died on my thing. He And he's a rumble. Yeah, he'll be so far ahead of you. It, it, and then he gets, takes my raptors and everything. And I'm well, fucked. it's not over because, I mean, if Sybil's in that situation, he's going to find a way to win. Yeah, probably. But like, yeah. I like, mean, I'm in a really rough in a bad position. Spot, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not confused. I'm not scratching my head while I'm losing that game. Okay. You know what I mean? So, okay. So, how do you walk away from that one then? Um, No matter what jungler I'm versing, if I show mid and then I walk into my jungle, I'm obviously... Like, I need to just... 
I just need to like wait there a little bit and just like even camp a brush and like I could switch that situation so quickly. So is this, so these, these are all like very specific. You just have specific example of specific problem after specific problem. After yeah. Specific problem. There's no real trend. There's no trend at all. Yeah. Or like trend in terms of like e-usage, I guess with Elise. Because um, I just don't believe there's a trend. Like, I mean, I don't believe that there isn't a trend. a trend. I just don't believe that. Cause, yeah, no, there, there, there is. Because even in mine that don't, that look, my mistakes on my main, they don't look connected, but they are. Okay, well, I'd say in general, I tether in and my 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 movement mm-hmm. is really sloppy. Okay. So, like, I was talking to Charlie about this yesterday. Like, he like watch my game. I just run into a fire, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, especially the Zin's out. Mm-hmm. And then I... Once, you just hold and just, like, back well, up. Well, like, you know, bit. it's like... You like those just yeah, micro you just got to wait, like, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, 0.5 seconds or whatever. Well, then, like, even, like, I go in in the fight and then, like, I hit, like, the... The one cue, the two cues, and then like I walk back, and then I go walk back yep, in, yep, like yep. that sort of stuff. Yep. But but what I've been doing is just like walk in, one two cue twos, they flash, and then I'm like. But that's not a mystery I'm... as to why that's happening though. That's because it's not something you're actively trying to think about. Like you're not, you're not thinking about that. That's not muscle memory for you. You've never really done that. Yeah, because of the champs I play. Yeah, like, you've never done like that. That, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So. I would say that that's something you would have to just have to focus on. Yeah, that's right. I'm, again, I'm not confused. Yeah. I'm knowing exactly why I'm losing games. Yeah, but I'm talking more... That's a specific problem that... I, I so think is that, that a problem, trend or not? I feel like that problem is completely different to the other problem. Yeah, that is correct. Those are two different problems. That's, yeah. they're, they're different problems. Yes. Yeah. But that skirmishing thing is important because that will change... That would impact... All skirmishes. All skirmishes across all champions. Yeah, yeah. That's like a mindset. That's more of like a mindset of like holding abilities and like just being a little bit more intentional. But like, like the reason Nathan, I th- I think there's trends is because at least for me, the mistakes themselves won't look like they're connected. But the reason why you made those mistakes are, so for example, with me, like I I found out that I like I think it was not my last my not my last game I played, but the three block before that, I four block I um like I was just rushing all these plays like like the entire three block I was just rushing plays. Yeah. Like just, I, I was not thinking of like where the bot lane was and where my, like what was happening on that before committing to a play. Like I would, I was only considering the mid jungle 2v2. I wasn't thinking about what's happening inside before like committing to a play. And so like, like some, the way this would manifest sometimes would be like, I would um, see the enemy support roaming and then instantly just try to kill them. Cause I, I see my jungles here. I'm like, oh, I have first move. We can just go. But then their jungler's there and then like they have barrier and it's just like a shit show. It's like, but like the trend was across all these mistakes is that I wasn't thinking before acting. Got I was it. just That's going. The trend, yeah, the trend was that I wasn't looking at my bot lane, looking at my top lane and calibrating before just going in for a big dick play. Yeah. And the way that manifested was very different throughout those three games, but the underlying problem was existing all three of them. Yeah. So that that's what I would urge you to reflect on. Like, where is it coming from? What, mm. Where is that issue stemming from? Mm. Because I just don't believe that a person, a player of your caliber would be making mistakes that are completely like independent. Like, for example, 610 in EU, his problems all look different, but they're the same underlying issue. Like he just, he has like those attentional blinks and then just dies randomly. Like Mm. makes some really stupid mistake. Mm. Whether it's like he'll just walk under the tower and hit the tower when the jungle is missing or base is in a bad spot or whatever it might be. It's just some basic error but it's not because he doesn't know the concept. It's just an intentional blink. Yeah, it's just... It's so yeah, you got to figure out what it is, man. Yep. Keep having a crack. But anyway, before we head into mailbag, yeah. 
Um, was there anything else you wanted to add on to the critical thinking thing? No, it's good. It's good. I think critical thinking, we've got to think about it more. Make it a habit, I guess. Is yeah, like make the, it a habit. I mean, we, the learning objective. we got to make it a habit. How about a really actionable thing, right? Let's say your mum or girlfriend asks you, says we should have this for dinner tonight. Critically think whether that is the best thing for you tonight. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just talking about I actually ass. think about that a lot. Really? You critically think? Yeah, because I think about how much time I have this day comparatively to what, how much time I'll have that day yeah. and how long that meal will cook, take to cook. Really? Yeah, all the time. Is that critical thing or is that, is that planning? Critical? I think that's just like planning. That's just planning? It? Yeah. Critical thing is like question. It's like, that's yeah, more like... Let, let, let's say if... Is that more thinking, why am I even eating this meal? Yeah. Let, like let, let's say if your mum was to say, take vitamin D pills. Mm. They're the best. Right. And then you'll like, like, okay, well, I want to go research. Like, is that actually, you know, or what's this specific one that she's recommending? Yeah, like why? Like, why? What, what like, are some bad reviews of it? What's the downside? Yeah. And how much does it cost? And all these other things. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, that's, gr- that's a great one. I think vitamin- if something is if something sounds too good to be true, it likely is. Likely is. Is vitamin D pills the one that helps? Is that sun stuff? Is that vitamin C? What's vitamin C? No, that's vitamin D, isn't it? Vitamin E D. You know how you say like you know gamers are like vitamin mm. D deficient because we don't mm. go outside. Yeah, we just have these natural artificial lights. We're just blinding my retinas right now. Um, yeah, I don't know. I we're not very good. I have vitamin aspects. C tablets though. Vitamin C is from like oranges and mandarins, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. This is the fruit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's vitamin D is the sun. But that advice from my mum would probably be spot on. Was that, with, is that the advice that you had? <laughs> no, no. It's, I think my sister actually gave uh, me that advice. Yeah. <laughs> like fish oil tablets or something. I think they're good for Yeah, you, I've heard they're good. I don't really know the science behind <laughs> yeah. it. But sometimes, look, sometimes you, if you don't have an opinion on it, and sometimes like... It's like, just do it, dude. Like, yeah. sometimes I'll just do it to test it. That's you know? not critical thinking. No, but sometimes you just don't have a, you don't have that choice. True. It's yeah. like if, my, if I go to the doctor yeah. and my doctor tells me to take these antibiotics for my like tonsillitis, well, given they're a doctor and they've probably done this for a very long time. And I mean, I could theoretically go home and like do some research, do some research, but you know, depending on the scenarios, you can't critical think every that's right. It's probably big. you know. All right, so let's say an example for a league. Then it's you're, just common sense. You're right? talking like an iron player, critically thinking like a challenger build. Is that, that, is that the same thing? Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Just like you just don't. So when you say like you want your clients to critical think, you're like, the... well, it's more about if it's more about if something doesn't because unless it makes complete. You got to you got to figure sense. it out. You got to uh, yeah. I'd say regardless. I'd say maybe it is good for an iron player to critically think the build because they're, they're going through the. It will be right. Or like much better than what they do. Well, it's probably. not because they have an opinion on what the build should be. be. It's more about like what, how they came to that. That's conclusion. right. How they came to that conclusion. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, but so it's, it's not fine. like it's not like an iron player. It's like, well, no, this is my opinion, and how it's <laughs> yeah. worse in my games. It's like, you know, it's like yeah, that. yeah. It's more like okay, what? How did you? Why is that the best build? You yeah, know? that's that's a, that's a good you know going down that rabbit hole. Yeah, is I guess fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, what the iron player would need to do. He might have his build that he thinks works, but he needs to understand wh- why that. What about this build good. doesn't work? What yeah. am I missing? Here yeah, what am I build? missing? That's right. That's what the critical. That's a good. That's aspects. a good quality question. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it requires a little bit of common sense, right? Yeah. All right, we is that, is that if we go? Lovely. All right, here we go. Nathan's mailbag. I've done it. That's actually in the jingle, so All right. that's wrong. It's meant to be. Away we 
go! Alright, first question here comes from David. Title of this email is Demoted After Sorry, Demotivated After Peaking. Hello Nathan and Curtis. Love the podcast and listen every time I'm at work. My name is Lantern. Well, I've just called him David. Lantern, and I'm a support main. Mostly Thresh. That has been plat for three seasons until this season where I peaked at Masters 50 LP. On the NA server, as I took climbing way more seriously this year, I recently dropped all the way down to D10 LP and have lost all motivation to even try to get back as my initial goal was to end the season masters. I keep telling myself things like Thresh was broken this season anyway. Support is such an easy Eli inflated role. And I truly do believe that my accomplishment of even reaching masters feels unearned. I work a full-time job, so I don't have much time to play league daily but it really does demotivate me when i come home from a long day of work being excited to grind some league of legends and dream of reaching masters again and then go on a massive losing streak how can i keep my head up in situations like this where i feel unmotivated and stop disregarding my accomplishments so we got lantern here he plat three three seasons this season masters 50 lp then drops down to d diamond one zero lp it's funny, funny you bring this one up because at the moment in the MLA, there's a lot of people that are de- like low motivation. Yeah, and it's fine. Motivation comes and goes. You can't rely on can't motivation. Rely on, yeah. You just don't rely on it. It's people, you know, they get all upset that they've motivated sometimes and not motivated another. It's, it's easy to be motivated. This is the other thing as well. It's easy to be motivated when everything's going well for you. You're on a win streak or something, right? Yeah. But I've actually got people right now that have reached their highest peaks and they're still unmotivated because mm-hmm. they're just they they're not connected with their goal and they just maybe they're burnt out. There's many reasons why you can be unmotivated. You could be playing too much. You've you've actually reached the goal that you've actually you wanted to get. There are many reasons. So, look, don't beat yourself up too much. At the end of the day, what I would say is um, being unmotivated for a specific time, like during a certain period of time is very normal. Mm. And that's why I tell people to play breaks all the time. Mm. I tell people in the MLA, take a two week break, mm. come back in two weeks. Yeah. Even come back, you know, people who left the MLA and they said, well, I'm going to come back next season. Mm. They'll come a few months later. Mm. If you, if people want to do that, they can do that. Mm. Um, you know, I'm not there to tell you, you got to play rank three blocks every day. Um, schedule every day perfect you know no sometimes that's just not what you want that's not what you find enjoyable you got to find what is enjoyable so there's that then there's the aspect of coming back um okay well a few things we need to address the negative self-talk the the first one that i actually want to address is um he feels like so he's d10 lp and then he feels like you know he didn't earn it to get to master what what does that even mean um, I would say, well, that specifically is that because the season's like, you know, we're about a month away of ending he, and he's probably been in Diamond 1 0 LP for a long time. He's like just bouncing like, you know, maybe gets a 50 LP or something mm. like that. You know, it's like when sometimes the the it, the goal feels so important, it feels so overwhelming to get back to Masters 50 LP that he just needs to like bring it, bring it back to the small steps. Right. It's like, you know, I'm just going to play my three box today. If I get to D1 20 LP, that's great, you know? 
but he would view that as not great because he had this expectation of where he was. And this is what my trap was for his seasons, right? Because I was challenger in season three, rank two. I always had that my climb or my progress in rank didn't mean anything in comparison to what I was able to do in the past. Even though it's a different game, I'm a different player and different, you know, different matter, everything, different matter, everything, right? So, yeah, like I feel like you know sometimes you get let's 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 say for example, um, like I feel like what demoted to a lot of people from going to the gym is that he sees people with the same physiques and they get overwhelmed. It's like, well, fuck, like there's no way I'm going to achieve that in like one month of trying in the gym. But you got to take those step that step if you're ever even going to get close to that, right? Or even I think something that helps me is you're only as good as your last block. You know, just because you were mastered for me, like I was one eleven hundred LP. I dropped down to like 800. That's 1100 LP Curtis is Fairyland at this point. That's, it's just like, yeah. what? now I'm on the steady climb and it's yep. like, well, I'm just taking it one block at a time. Yep. Improving on specific things. Making sure you're playing high intensity. Yep, high intensity. And that's it. And I know what champions I'm playing. I know what I'm trying to improve upon. Whether it gets me back to 1100 or not, that doesn't matter. I mean, I can only try my best. And so I think that he's likely detached completely from improving. It's results. It's just results, yeah. results, results. Yeah, he's, he's lost his way in terms of what he's actually, like, what is, what is, rather than asking himself the question, how do I get back to master? It's like, well, what does a grandmaster or a challenger thresh behavior look like? And how can I maybe hone in on one of those aspects and like get to that? Like, he's also set his goal at kind of like low in a way. It's like when you, when you tunnel in on just getting to master, master here, yeah, it's, it's just like not, not a good enough. mindset. Yeah. It's like, it can sometimes be a little bit, brutal because um, like other than day again like i'm 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 i'd say more motivated i'm more motivated now at 150 lp to learn this new play style and like you know play you know perfectly and do these mechanical things yeah. than i was when i was at like 600 lp you know because you know when i when i was stuck at 600 lp because that was when challenges started increasing and then i was just trying to latch on to challenger because mm. i lost improvement mindset all gone and mm. i had lost four months of the season to that gone mm. disappeared yeah mm. so um it it just doesn't work for you you've got to just be like you know and we say we just got to bring it back process. to specifics and yeah i'd say it's bring it back to specifics and have like like think of being a challenger thresh like in, look at the challenger korean threshes that's like see what's capable with the champion. That's so exciting. Cause you know, the thing yeah. that got me excited about Elise, someone linked me this montage of this Elise player doing like these insanity things with the champion. I didn't even think it was possible. And that just gave me so much excitement to play the champion. I was like, this is champ mastery. This is so awesome to be, would be able to get to this stage. What makes league fun? It's, it's the expression of your skill. It's not even really the rank. It's like, it's playing at a high level that makes league fun. Yeah. Like when you think of those games, you absolutely popping. Like you feel great. Like mm. that's, that's what really is exciting. Yeah. It's, it's like the LP after. Yeah. It's like a little dopamine hit, but that's not actually where you get the fun. It's that game. It's, it's playing, that game. it's playing, playing that the game. game, playing that game, not sitting the there just looking at the leaderboard, just like scrolling through, you know, it's like, you can compare with like the leaderboard thing that can compare with your friends or whatever. Um, so yeah, get specific. What is, what is a challenger level thresher laning look like? What do their hooks look like? What do their W's look like? What does their positioning and fights look like? What, I'll what tell, do their roams look like? What I would tell David is, David, I want you to start a fresh YouTube channel. I want you to review 10 Korean Challenger Thresh VODs and upload them and then report back to me. No, you, they're not going to be no purpose. No one's going to see them because you have zero subscribers. But that'll be like a cool exercise, I think. Just like very actionable. 10 VODs, show me what you think, see here. And then like if I was his coach, we'll be like, well, let's go over it, what things you yep. missed and stuff like that, you know? That'll be exciting. Mm-hmm. 
there's a lot of great YouTube channels about, they actually have like POV of like streams that they collect all the streams and stuff. Have you seen those channels? Yeah, I I did that a lot when I was learning Fizz with Mangofish. Yeah. 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 Bayfang as well. That's great advice. All right. uh, Next question here is from Johnny. Tyler's email is building ranked stamina. Hello, BBC. The question I have for you guys today is how to improve one's rank stamina. For most of this season, I've been sticking to three blocks, as you guys mentioned. What I've found is that I rarely have the mental capacity to play more than three high-intensity games a day. If I try to do two blocks, the second one always ends up being bad. I get tilted more easily and just play with less focus. Next season, I want to be able to grind a lot more. I see a lot of pro high-level players up to play 10 games per session, even maintaining focus throughout most of it. My goal is to really get to this point so I can improve and climb even more next year. I want to be able to do six to nine games a day with high intensity. How can I increase my rank stamina? This is, I think we've answered this before, but this is a common question. Well, I would start with, um, I would start with like schedule routine. Mm. I mean, for me, like if I don't get eight hours, I'm no way doing two blocks in yeah. a million years. Yeah, so six. Like games. I'm done after three games. Like I can barely do three games. I could probably do two, three. I'm, I'm, I'm my third game's low intensity with, mm. like today I didn't get eight hours. I think I like probably got like seven. Mm. There's no way I could do more than three games. I'd be done. I'd be I'd even stretched to play three. And thinking about your again your schedule versus a pro player schedule playing ten games. That's all they do all day. But you coach intensively. You do four hours of coach intensively before you even play solo queue. Yeah. And you've been up for six seven hours. Yeah. You know. So, like, so yeah. it turns on your schedule. Right? It turns on your schedule. So I would say. Yeah, I mean, he might work and study all day, right? Uni, you know, it's very different. Yeah, I, I, I have some some players. Yeah, that he's like Calvin, for example. He's full on with. His um, chemistry course and stuff, like, you know, insane stuff. He used to do labs and stuff. He comes home and he struggles. He's like, well, how do I play with intensity? You know, he plays like one or two games and that's it. It's just his schedule. Two blocks are real. I've had quite a few people in the MLA do two blocks. I mean, if you can do three, but but two has actually worked for quite a few people. Mm. So you might want to experiment with doing two blocks. So one way diet, you can think about sleep, it. sleep, exercise are the core three. Diet, sleep, exercise, diet and then, and then um, yeah. two blocks you can experiment with. So might, he might do a three block. And then push himself to do a two block, you know, something like yeah. that. And then yeah, ease so, into it. Yeah. I mean, I think definitely it's, I also think it should be important for him to try when he feels like he can't play it. And see try like, like go get that motivational video, dig deep, get that playlist. Cause if you do it, then you're like, oh, I can actually finish off this block. Yeah. Get that playlist, get that song. And even, that if prep. He, even if he played those games with like not perfect intensity, you it's know, fine. it might be okay. It's like, yeah. well, you've got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. You build it up. You build the stamina. You got to train your your mind. Mm. So we have with that one. Yeah, he says he wants to be able to do six to nine games a day, but with high intensity. You can do that. Yeah, I think you can easily do nine a day. Yeah, if you have a full day and you sleep well, you eat well, you exercise after your first block, um, you eat you well, you know, good food, and um, yeah, take plenty of breaks. Our right, next one here is from Niall. Hey, MLA. Dealing with wind streaks. Hello, Nathan Curtis. I'm Niall from the MLA, the Midlane Academy. My question revolves around mentally dealing with wind streaks. Personally, I've internalized not focusing on the LP and only focusing on my level of play. However, this seems to progressively go out the window when I get onto a wind streak. 
When I start to win six games in a row, I can mentally feel myself to start to value the LP. I feel like I'm wearing a backpack and with every extra win, someone puts another rock into it. It eventually gets to the point where the inevitable losses start to bum me out. I do lose confidence due to those individual losses, but my focus changes from improvement to LP. Usually I end up taking a few day long break after or during a win streak in order to empty the backpack before I play anymore. Um, Note this is only for win streaks. When I lose streak, I'm able to keep my eyes off the LP. So when he's losing, you know, if he's maybe going even, Mm. he doesn't worry about it. So his question is, how do you not emphasize the high highs while also gaining confidence from increasing your level of play? I have struggled with this myself. Mm. No. So um, you're not alone with this one. Look, okay, speaking just purely, this is not scientific or anything. It's just me and my experiences. Pseudoscience. Yeah, pseudo- <laughs> pseudoscience, like if, if you will. Um, two things. Um, I like comparing my gameplay with someone that's better than me. And what that does, it's like, it really, it's like a, a Helps to put it in perspective. Yeah, it's like, I'm winning, but... It's like, I'm not, like, like I'm, I'm just, not expecting to be 1K or like, look at this guy. Yeah. This is what 1K play looks like. Like, I'm just, like, I, I, I'm still shit, you yeah. know? It's like, yeah. it's like, put that in perspective. You, you're sort of like zooming out and mm. thinking, you know, you talked to the last episode about looking at your play over six months versus yeah. he's just thinking about that day, you mm. know? So like actively just comparing it and just looking at like, it's like, oh, I thought I played well and you know, I might be playing well for my standard, but then there's a whole nother, like, this is what's possible. I, the, I did this a lot when I was playing with Fizz, a lot of Fizz. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'm winning, but it's still ugly. It's not, it's not, a, it's not a great way to win. So that's a great technique. And that a lot of time centers yourself. You're like, cause you're not going to weigh those wins too much just the, the in a way you treat them mentally kind of like a loss um and i would say the other one is taking breaks and getting specific in reviews so taking breaks in the sense that if you feel as though it's coming on like sometimes it's a it's a sign that you just didn't take a day off from the game and like just get out just get out of that sulky mindset mm. in a way sometimes mm. the sulky mindset just wears on you and the other one like i said was get specific so yes you won but how did you win like, what did you do well specifically and what did you do poorly? So, like, you can get away with, like, a poor skirmish and winning that skirmish, but there's always ways better to do it. Like, the more specific you get with your ability optimization... The less decisions, you focus on the The less LP you focus on LP because it's like, well, I kind of got lucky here, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, I, I, I did this. Like, I just happened to be here. I actually didn't even... I had no idea what side to lean on. I just happened to lean on top side and there was this. And, you know, just being honest with yourself and just taking the time to get specific rather than, like having that blase mentality in the review those are i'd say the three things that i would give advice for for me that have worked because the higher you get especially when you win streak it can it can like fill your head with like oh, i'm just great yeah like you know it's like uh, what if i just maintain this like i'll be look at this i'll be like 500 or whatever yeah and you just start focusing the lp like i can't i don't want to lose now and then when you start losing you overemphasize those losses and then improvement mindset out the window yep it's out all out the window you're not thinking about the the game plays out the window you're just playing the game and then that's where you have those huge drops that's right hopefully that helps Niall yep no, hopefully we see some progress in the ML. I guess Curtis will be able to keep close eyes on He's done a great job, you. though. Shout out to Niall. He's actually done a great job. Yeah, what's his journey been like? He came in at D3, D3, I think. <laughs> I think it was D, D, D4, D3, or something like that. And then he was, now he's like 3, 400 LP. 
crazy. He's done a great job. He, he put in the work in the 1v1s. Or it may have been D, D4 or something like that. He's put in the work in the 1v1s. He's champ mastery. Zoe just, just grinded. And I told him as well when he was struggling in Diamond, I said, You're, you, it will be easier for you to climb when you get to like 100, 200 LP master than it will be in D3 because of the nature of the champion. Like people know how to play with Zoe and it's a more fast-paced pressure yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. So I said like, you get through it, just stick with it. Mm. And then he says it has been easier for him. So it's he's, actually easier. He's finding yeah. the game's easier in like 300, 400 LP master than in like D2 or whatever, which makes sense. I told him that this was going to happen. I told him and it is. It's just some champs are just better in high yellow games, mm. um, which is interesting. Same with TF and stuff like that as well. But mm. um, yeah, shout out to Nari. He's doing a great job. Yeah. Excellent job. To prop up one of my salty members, guys. Yep. Time to advertise. Uh, I'm excited. I'm doing an interview with him tomorrow just to talk about oh, his great. journey. Yeah, I love those. Gold two to master in one season. That's incredible. Can you believe that? Is that real? Gold two to Literally master. Literally gold. And this was like a gold gold two player. Like, real, real gold. Like real never gold been above two. gold. No. Nah. What does he play? He played... Well, originally he played Olaf. He came from our Olaf guy. Yeah. And then he became an Eve one trick. So what did he get... What rank did he get to with Olaf? Where did he switch? He switched, I'm pretty sure, when he got Platinum 4, and then he played E. Okay, so Gold 2, to Platinum Plat 4. 4, Olaf. Yeah. And then you did, released an Eve guide, right? Yeah. And so he switched to Eve yeah. off that guide? Yeah. Roughly around then? Yeah. And he doubled with a bit of Rek'Sai, but he didn't get much success. So he just basically just one trick. Eve one trick, yeah. Yeah, one trick. To Masters, and yeah. And then, wow. How crazy is that? That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a world record, dude. Yeah, that's a world record. I think that's a world record. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. Crazy. I know because Tim did uh, like plat. What did he do? I think he did like yeah, plat two to D one. I know guys I've coached before like gold three to D four, but at gold two to master that's hard because that yeah. D. I wouldn't ever think they would get over that D two hump. Yeah, like he hype, was stuck there that for the D2 last to three months. Brutal. Last three months, two months, but yeah, just literally on the weekend he he powered through his promos. Wow. That's impressive. It is impressive. What's his name? Ishan. Shout out to Ishan. He was in the book club in one of our sessions. I think the kind of home, he hasn't been there for a while yet. Right. Um, but I mean, I would say, I mean, I'm doing an interview because I just want to want to show so, like... Yeah, what's he, the learning? He, he's very... I mean, he, I mean, he's a student of the game. How old is he? Uh, I'm not sure. He's definitely younger than us. He's he probably in like early 20s. Yeah, he's in university. College. He goes to like one of the Ivy League schools. Right. So he's, he's definitely a very smart okay. guy. I'll say well, I mean, smart, smart doesn't being I know I'd say smart but very motivated very humble great humble guy so he's managing his ego he's yeah his ego. he was always a student of the game he he got other coaching as well he didn't just get mine as well I mean, these are the things I think we're going to find in it um, but I just want to just get you know do it and um, who did he get coaching who else did he get coaching from uh, Vega V2 I think he did a bit of Zen coaching as well watched lots of videos that sort of stuff holy shit so he went ham he was, he was motivated like you know he he wanted he wanted it. Yeah, I mean you can't make have those results without really really wanting it. He started the game. And he, we did so many reviews, you know. Like, mm. I mean, he literally he's been in Salty for thirteen, fourteen. I think he joined August last year. Wow. So long term. He's like one of I think he is the longest. Oh, so it wasn't member. just this season. No. Oh well, I mean it's like a year, right? So when did he start? So he started August of last year. Yeah. Gold two. But what? Did, oh, so he went from gold. So he finished gold last year. Uh, no, he finished platinum one, I think. Yeah, platinum one, I think. But this season he's gone from plat, plat one to master. Yeah, well, remember the end? That was like so. That was a very fast climb as well, wasn't it? So we're from gold two to gold two to plat, plat one, one. Or, yeah, in from August to November. Yeah, 
August, September, October, November. So it was like four months. Yeah. Ish, four and a half months. It went yep. from gold two to plat one. Yeah. And then this season went from plat one to Master Tier. Well, that makes sense then. So it's plat one to Master Tier, yep. really, yep. in this season. Yeah. Okay. Because I thought you meant like in this season. Oh, okay. Got That's why I thought when yeah. you said gold two to Master Tier. Yeah, in I one meant like season, a one year. Yeah. Like one season's a short period of time yeah. comparatively to a year. That's true. The season's way less than a That's year. That's right. A season's like nine months, eight yeah. months, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So maybe it's not that exciting. No, it's still insane. It's pretty it's good. It's insane. Yeah. Getting to Master is insane. It is. It's great, dude. And if you look at his tier graph, it's pretty steady. Some bumps, but pretty steady overall. Yeah, I'd love to. You should share some of those um, findings on the yeah, BBC next, next episode. Week. Yeah. Be great. Awesome. Any more questions or we wrapping it That's up? That's it. We'll wrap it up there. All right, everyone. Good work. Let's keep on improving. We'll see you in our next review session, which is, I'll say, my soul too, but we'll see you in the next episode.